Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to 1 John. 1 John. I want to thank Pastor Scott for giving me the opportunity to speak this morning. I do not hold it uh, uh, slack or light that I uh, get the opportunity to do this. Uh, this morning's message is going to be a little bit different uh, from what I normally do in, in, uh, in my times when I get to speak. Normally I choose a passage of scripture and, uh, and just kind of stay in that one passage. The topic that we are going to be talking about this morning is one that I felt the Lord needed to talk through his word more than I needed to talk. So I'm, I, I, don't, I don't apologize for that, but I'm going to let you know in advance. We're going to be turning to a lot of, a lot of scripture. Um, I'll be reading some, I'll be asking you to turn to some, but uh, we're going to do, uh, if you remember old, when you are back in Sunday school, the old sword drills where you hold your Bible up in the air, and no, we're not going to do that, but uh, hopefully you guys are, uh, are, are dialed in this morning. You had an extra hour of sleep, right? Unless you're the teenagers who decided to stay up an hour later because they got an extra hour of no sleep then. Uh, we, we, we talked about that this morning down in teens, and uh, hopefully you guys are all well rested for this morning. Uh, but in 1 John chapter number 1 is, uh, is where we'll start uh, this little uh, discussion, uh, this little journey here. 1 John chapter number 1, if you're looking for it, it's towards the end of the, book, end of the Bible. Uh, a, couple, a couple books in from the end of the Bible. But in 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 4, it says this, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin." If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned and we make him a liar and his word is not in us. A verse that we're going to focus in on and the topic for today is in verse number four. It says, in these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. That three-letter word there in the middle of, the, of that verse is an amazing word, joy. What is joy? The title of the message this morning is Finding Joy. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, again, do thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity uh, that we have to gather in your house. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. Lord, this is your lesson, this is your time, this is your word, this is your church, and Lord, I pray that you would be present, and Lord, allow us to see you working in our life. Lord, challenge us on this topic of joy, challenge us in, in, in our direction, in our understanding. Lord, may your words be powerful today. God, I do pray you'd be with Pastor Scott and Carol as they're traveling, and Lord, I pray you'd give them safety, bring them back to us. Lord, we thank you so much for them, and we thank you for their ministry here. Uh, Lord, we thank you uh, for all that were involved this morning. In thy name we pray, amen. Have you ever had something in your life that has been really exciting and joyful in, in a moment, and then in the next moment just absolutely sucked the life out of you? Have you ever, ever experienced that? Okay, so let me go through a personal, personal story for me. Um, 
when Carrie and I were first, uh, uh, when we were uh, engaged to be married and we were getting ready, uh, our, our uh, uh, wedding date was coming up. It was in July and uh, I was living in New Hampshire and Carrie was here, uh, living here. And I was in charge of finding us a house or a place to live. Uh, at that time, it was it was insane. Uh, you guys think it's crazy now with the, with the house prices. Um, I can remember showing up to apartment buildings uh, that weren't really nice apartment buildings, uh, and somebody would put an ad on in the newspaper or on uh, Craigslist back then, and say, you know, we have a two-bedroom apartment uh, available uh, immediately, and you would show up at the stated time, and there would be 50 people in front of you, waiting to go into the apartment. And, and it was just as, and, and as a husband, well, as a, as a soon-to-be husband, I was thinking, well, I, I need a house for my wife. I need, I, I need a place. I mean, I, I'm dragging her all the way from Iowa out here. I can't have her living in my parents' basement. It just, that doesn't usually go real well. Um, and, and I can remember we, 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 uh, we ended up, um, through really miraculous uh, uh, circumstances, uh, ended up finding out there was a lady uh, in a church that was you know, a sister church of the church we were going to that had a house in Derry, New Hampshire, and uh, the people that were living there currently were looking to leave, and we ended up being able to sign a lease agreement with them, and it was, it, it, and and you guys know what your first house was like. Okay, it was a it was a townhouse, uh, a two bedroom townhouse, which was nice. Um, I drive by it now, and I'm like, "How? Wow! We really thought this was nice." And 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 it, and it was it was it was a neat little place. Uh, but Carrie and I started renting uh, from there from her, and she's the sweetest lady. Uh, it was a huge blessing to Carrie and I, uh, and at, especially at the start of our uh, our marriage. And uh, sure enough, she came to us and said, "Hey, I want to know if you guys want to buy my house." And I'm thinking in my mind, as a as a husband, this is the first step to being like. A husband, you know, I, I I'm supplying a house for my family, and uh, we had uh, we we had just uh, had made the it, it was a decision that we both had made that we were going to buy this, and um, so we went in to sign the papers. We got I, I called the mortgage company and got you know all that fun stuff, getting all the financing put in place, and I am just like on cloud nine. I'm going to I'm going to give my wife a house that she can live in. We sign all the documents, and, and you know what a mortgage document's like. It's 300 pages. You don't read any of it, and you're just signing and signing and signing. And they're like, you probably should be reading this. I'm like, I don't care. At this point, you know, I'm getting the house. That's all I care about. And they hand us a brick of paper, and they say, here, this is your copy. And, and, and I can remember walking out to Carrie's. Uh, she had a Chevy Cavalier at the time, and we climbed into her car. And I, I, I looked over at her, and I was like, this is awesome. I was like, I am, I am so excited. I said, we need to go out and celebrate. I said, let's go someplace really, really nice to eat. She looks at me and says, do you know how much debt that we just took on? <laughs> we are not going anywhere nice to eat. In fact, we're going to McDonald's. <laughs> I went from here to here in about 30 seconds. And I can remember the joy that I had was so temporary, and, and, I, was, and I actually think we stopped at McDonald's and ate <laughs> Happy Meals, so that we really got it real down low as far as the price goes. I remember that moment very, very clearly in my mind, and, 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 it, and it makes me smile, but it, when, you, when you talk about joy, what does joy mean? 
I looked it up in, a, in, a, in the dictionary, and it says joy is a, a temporary or a, 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 a short period of time of a, 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 a great pleasure and happiness in your life or happiness in, in life. That's a Webster's Dictionary, and he says, uh, we, it, we experience joy temporarily on the emotional side, on the fleshly side. Uh, you get a new car. You go out to eat. You have a nice meal. You, uh, your kids do something nice, and, and you get that, that fleshly joy, which is nothing wrong with that. There, there, there's, there, there's, it's a part of who we are, but that joy is very fleeting. If you ever accomplished a goal that, that you set or, or maybe purchased a vehicle that you really wanted, what do you find out? Well, the, the vehicle gets scratched or you start paying for, for, for things that, to fix it and, and you realize that joy that you had, that it's, it's very temporary. But what is spiritual joy that's mentioned so many times in Scripture? Surely it's not this thing that is temporary. Surely it's not something that is here one moment and gone the next. In, in 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 4, it says, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Well, what is spiritual joy? After, after studying for some time, I, I came across a, a wonderful definition of spiritual joy, and, and it will be kind of the catalyst of what we are going to talk about this morning. Spiritual joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness, now listen, that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than who we are or what is happening around us. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Joy comes from abiding in the presence of God. Joy comes from the hope that is in his word. In Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 22, we see that joy is mentioned as a fruit of the Spirit. And we see that God is, is telling us that this is something that we need to be displaying. But what is joy? What is this joy? Well, I can tell you what it is not. Point number one for, t for this morning, what true spiritual joy is not. And letter A underneath that, if you're looking, joy is not found in the flesh. If you look at 1 John and you read through those verses again uh, from 4 through 10, what do you see? You see nothing that says you and I. You see nothing that says anything about flesh other than the idea of us walking with God in light. You see us confessing our sins. You see us with the need to make ourselves right with the Lord. What do you not see? You, you don't find us. You don't find our feelings. Joy, ultimately, is not found in us. Joy is found in the Word. Joy is found in God. Joy, joy is found through understanding who God is. Point number B, joy is not found in our circumstances. Here comes our sword drill of the night, or of the morning. Uh, Habakkuk, that's a good one. Habakkuk chapter number 3, and of course I got a, a marker there, so I already won, but Habakkuk chapter number 3, I wasn't going to look for it up here, I wouldn't have found it. <laughs> Habakkuk chapter number 3 and verse number 17, joy is not found in our circumstances. See, this is something that we, our flesh, wants to dictate. Hey, it's sunny out. I feel happy today. I feel joyful today. Oh, it's rainy out. I feel sad today. 
Our bodies are so temperamental. Uh, you get something, you, know, so you get too many red lights on the way to work. Oh, it's going to be a terrible day today. They don't have your favorite uh, uh, wake-up beverage at, 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 uh, at the gas station. Uh, they ran out of, of, of breakfast pizza at Casey's, whatever it might be. And, oh, this, it's a train wreck. You think how simple our feelings of joy are, and they're fleeting. That's not what it's talking about in, in the Bible. That's not what true spiritual joy oh, is. Yeah. And Habakkuk, chapter number 3, the... The, the prophet Habakkuk here is, is imploring of, of, uh, of God's people. And what does he say in verse number 17? He says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, the field shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. You're talking about there's no meat, there's no food, there's no nothing. There's nothing there. And this is what Habakkuk is saying. If, even if there is nothing there, what is his response? Verse number 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me walk upon mine high places to, to the chief singer on my string instruments. Habakkuk here is, is telling us, joy is found in God. Our joy is found in God. If there's ever a time that we need this in our society, it's today. It's not based on the government. It's not based on health. It's not based on your living circumstances. It is based on God, our Heavenly Father. That is our joy. That is the joy that is unchanging. That is the joy that sustains. That is the joy that we show others. That is the joy that we need to hold on to. Point number C underneath this is joy is not found in our feelings. Don't turn there, but I'll read this to you. It says Psalms in Psalms chapter number 42 and verse 11. This is David talking here. Now listen to what David says here. It's very interesting what David says. Now, I love David for this. He allows us to see what he is thinking. He allows us to understand what is going on in his heart and in his mind, what is, what is bothering him at this moment. And what does he say in the first part of Psalm 42, 11? He said, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? This is not something that we see on the outside. This is something that is purely in our emotion. This is something that is in our, in our thoughts and in our desires. And what does David say here? Hey, there's something going on in my soul or in my, that nobody knows about that is disquieting me. Uh, other than he's making him anxious. He's making him worried. And David says, I'm having this moment where I am not seeing, I, I'm, I'm seeing only my problems, I'm only seeing what is going on or my thoughts. And then what's the second part of the verse say? It says, hope thou in God, for I shall praise him, who is the health of my countenance, my God. See, David here says, has a pity party moment where he says, woe is me, I have all these terrible thoughts, I, 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 can't, I can't focus, I can't sleep, whatever it might be, and, and he's having these problems, and, what, and then, then what does he say? 
My strength comes from God. See, many Christians today are looking for joy in the things of this world. The joy and emotion of our flesh, only to find it so temporary, so fleeting. You look at the modern day churches and, uh, that, that, that focus purely on the emotion of joy in services, trying to, uh, to dive into that fleshly idea of, of joyful feeling. And then all of a sudden you walk out the doors and you get in your car and you drive off and what happens? Here to here. You're telling me that a fruit of the Spirit is going to be here to here? No. That's like saying love is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Are you saying that sometimes we're loved and sometimes we're not? No. Joy is there all the time. It's whether we recognize it, whether we understand what it is, regardless of our feelings. And here you have, here you have unfortunately, churches and, 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 and movements that are, that are pushing for a feeling as opposed to the truth and understanding of what joy is. True joy is lasting joy, sustaining joy, joy that only God can give and is not done through the flesh. Well, we've talked about what joy is not. Well, what is joy? Let's go back over a part of our, our thought for the day. Joy comes from us and, and abiding in uh, comes from the Holy Spirit and us abiding in God's presence and us abiding in the hope of his word. In Psalm chapter number 16, in verse, verse 11, I'll have you turn there for this one. Psalm chapter number 16, in verse number 11. David here again is describing his joy, and in, in chapter number 16, he's talking about his eternal life. He's talking about the one who he trusts in. And in chapter number 16, we're just going to look at one quick verse here. It says in verse number 11, Psalm 16, verse 11, it says, Thou wilt show me the path of life, in the present, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. See, uh, point number two is what joy is. Well, we realize what joy is and who it comes from. It comes from God. It comes from our, our recognition of who God is and what he has done in our life. And here David is describing it and saying, God, you are everything to me. If I walk in thy presence and I am walking with you, what does he say about it? It's fullness of joy. See, we, we don't like that. Our flesh doesn't like that. Our flesh likes the roller coaster for some reason. See, it, it, God's presence is fullness of joy, meaning that we have everything we need. All, all the joy that we need is found in God's presence. So why do we not follow that recipe? It's a cause and a, and a result, meaning uh, you do this, you'll have this. Well, if you walk in God's presence, what do you have? Fullness of joy. The other part of it is joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Flip over, if you would, to John chapter number 16. John chapter number 16. In John chapter number 16, this is Jesus talking here. So point number two was what joy is. Letter number A is joy comes from the Holy Spirit. 
Here Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. It's interesting that he, he's talking with them. He's talking with them prior to leaving. Okay, So he's, he's talking with them and he's saying, hey, I am going to be leaving and you guys are going to be really sad, uh, but I am going to send somebody behind that is going to be a huge blessing to you. So let's read through this. And in verse number, six, verse number 19, so chapter number 16, verse 19, it says this. Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto him, Do ye inquire among yourselves of, of that I said, A little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me. Verily I say unto you that, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice and ye shall be sorrowful. But... Your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow, because, uh, because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born, in, or a child is born into the world. And ye now, therefore, have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing, verily, ver nothing, verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye, sh ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hereto have ye asked nothing in my name, ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Now here, here uh, Jesus Christ is, is, is explaining to his disciples, I am leaving and the Holy Spirit is coming. And the Holy Spirit is going to be the thing that is going to teach you and hold you in the idea of your joy if you allow him to. And he's talking a little bit about the sorrow that, that goes with this. And, and he's also talking about, it's a great illustration. I love this illustration of the birth of a mother going through, going through birth and, and, and the miracle that it is and the amazing circumstance that it is. But if you, if you really dig into that illustration a little bit more, what do you find? If you've ever been in a, a delivery room or, or, or been able to be around someone that, that has gone through that, um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, it, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, excitement, uh, anger at times. Uh, there's, there's sometimes good yelling and bad. Uh, sometimes there's, and, and, and what's crazy about it is, Okay, husbands, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, unfortunately, let people into the the husband club here. Uh, ladies, I'm just gonna tell you, you might not all be telling the truth, because I've been there for uh, multiple multiple children being born, and uh, and the moment that that child is born, what do they do? They they clean them off real quick, and they they hand them to the mom, and the mom sits there. And the mom usually cries, and, and the mom holds on to him, and just, I mean, she's analyzing the, the fingers, the toes, and, and she's analyzing, you know, who family is to blame for the way that they look, and, and all of that, and, and, and she's looking at those things. And then afterwards, you get visitors, and the visitors come in, and what do they ask? How did it go? And the mother always says, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> Guys, we all know. I sit there and I go, were, were we in the same room? <laughs> I, re, not bad. 
I was on, I was at a point, and, and why they have us as coaches and, and, and labor coaches is beyond me, because, okay, the breathing, okay, breathe. <laughs> Tell that to a woman who is going through a serious contraction, hey, just my suggestion, breathe. <laughs> the last thing they want to hear from is their husband telling them to do something at that moment in time. <laughs> but here you have this, this illustration of birth. This woman goes through this whole thing, and, and it's dramatic, and it's, and it's exhausting, and it's, and it's painful, and it's all of those things. But the moment that baby is placed in her hands, she forgets all of it. See, it's not about, joy is not about our circumstance or our surroundings. Joy is about our focus. Here you have a, a woman that has gone through this, as, as, as Jesus talks about, a, a woman that has gone through an, an unbelievable thing, but her focus is on that child. And all of that stuff that was on the exterior is gone. And Jesus is telling us, not only has he given us an example of, 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 of what it's going to be, but he also is telling us the Holy Spirit is coming. And he's telling this to his disciples. He's telling it to us. And he says, we may have the joy that he is talking about if we recognize it's from the Holy Spirit. Jesus foretells uh, tells of his need to leave for the Holy Spirit to come. It's a, a wonderful picture of birth, but in, in, in verse number 22, it's another great point. It says here at the end of, of verse number 22, John 16 and verse 22, and it says, and, and your joy no man taketh from you. Once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and you have the Holy Spirit residing in you, no one can take your joy. No person, no action, no circumstance, nothing can take your joy. The only thing that happens is we lose sight of our joy. We lose sight of who it is and what it is that God has actually given us. Flip over, if you would, to Romans chapter number 15. Continuing on this thought of, of the joy comes from the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter number 15 and verse number 13, it says this. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Joy comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we gain salvation, we gain it through faith. We continue to grow in Christ through faith. Our joy is part of our growing process. The idea that we understand that our strength has to come from Him. Our joy has to come from God, from, our, from the Holy Spirit, who is ultimately our comforter and our teacher. See, this is a part of us, our flesh, that we don't like to necessarily talk about. We don't spend a lot of time talking about joy. But what are you holding on to for your joy? Are, is, it, is it a relationship? I could tell you that relationship is not going to give you the, the satisfaction or the joy that you think. 
Is it your job? Well, jobs can easily be taken away. Is it your bank account? Money is very fleeting. Is it your possessions? God tells all, all that stuff just rots and goes away. So what is it that you are holding on to for your joy? This, this thing that we're told in Galatians about that is supposed to be a fruit of the Spirit. It's our recognizing that our joy does come from the Holy Spirit. Second point underneath that, or letter B, joy comes from abiding in His presence. Flip over, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. Joy comes from abiding in his presence. In 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verse number 5, it says this, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last times, wherein ye greatly rejoice, through, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth though, it, though, uh, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though now ye see him, not believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls." Faith in God, regardless of our circumstances. Here, First Peter is talking about a number of things. He's talking about the heaviness that we're going through, the trials that we may be facing, the trial of our faith. We, he's talking about all of these things, and ultimately he gets down to the end, and what does he, he really comes out to say, our faith, our joy, comes from God, regardless of our circumstances. Our faith, our joy, comes from abiding in Him. Yes, it starts at salvation, but then it should continue on. This is something that should grow. This is something that should be a part of our daily life. We should be known as joyful people. We should be known as people who love to serve the Lord. We should be known as people who love to share God's, God's goodness with others. You find out that as you abide with the Lord, you also find out that our faith is not wavering. In the idea that we see the need for God's power. At the end of the verse, in, 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 in verse number 8, it says, whom, whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though we now ye see, him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and fullness of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Here you have God completing the picture, basically, and saying, yes, you gain salvation, and that is the start. But this next part is the, is the part that's going to sustain you. The understanding that God is our Savior, but He's also our day-to-day -day living and our day-to-day -day relationship. And what happens as a result of that? Joy. If you don't believe me, try it sometime. And if, you, if you've been in this church for any length of time, and if you've been a, a Christian for any length of time, and had any semblance of a relationship with God, you know what I'm talking about. When you're walking with the Lord, 
Does that mean that all of a sudden a Mercedes-Benz gets dropped in your, in your driveway and a million dollars gets put in your account and everything is sunny and all the kids behave and everything is clean in the house? No. But what does it mean? You start walking with the Lord and the red lights don't bother you. You start walking with the Lord and you start seeing the joy of being resting in his word and resting in that relationship and his power and what do you see? The things that work are less important. The issues that you think are really big are you're just resting in him. Your medical issues and, and things that you have, they, they don't go away. But the faith that you have that God is in control, what does that bring? Joy. But we don't. We don't tap into that. Joy comes from abiding in his presence. And the next point, joy comes from the hope in his word. Turn over last, uh, last, pa last passage for this morning. Philippians, just a couple chapters, a couple books back here. Philippians, chapter number four. Joy comes from the hope in his word, the hope of salvation, the hope of the Holy Spirit, the hope in, of the promise of God. And in Philippians, chapter number four, and verse number four through nine, it says this Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen me do, and the, and the God of peace shall be with you. It doesn't use the word joy specifically in this passage, but it is referenced in the idea of rejoicing. It's in the idea of, of referencing of, of, of the passage in, in its entirety of who God is and what he has done and, and the goodness of God. Joy is found, unfortunately, but wonderfully, in the absence of us and the absolute focus on God. We find hope. We find joy by doing something that I tell the teenagers to do all the time. Walk daily with him. That seems too simple. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't compute for us. Much older, much knowledgeable people. There has to be something that we... That, that, it, a teenager can't understand this. No, no, they can. See, we try to complicate things. We try to get our emotions involved. We try to get our feelings involved. We try to understand things that, uh, from, a, from a fleshly perspective. We allow trivialness 
to destroy us. I think I might have said this illustration before, and I know I've shared it with the teens before. I, I loved uh, uh, Alberta Holt and Dave Holt. Uh, I've told you guys my first uh, uh, first um, uh, intro to Dave was uh, uh, over in the other building, and, and uh, he was standing on top of a, uh, a, a bucket, shirtless, uh, which I didn't know was allowed in church, and and had had drywall drywall mud literally all over his body, and I was like, wow, this church is wow, this is interesting. And I got to know Dave really well, and I and, and Alberta was the sweetest woman uh, that 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 we that one of the sweetest women we've had in this church. I had Alberta come up to me one time. She said this to me. I'm mad at you. Al- Alberta Holt. I'm like, what? How did me? I didn't even do anything. I'm like, how is that even possible? She said, I came into church one time and I walked through the back door and I went to say hi to you and you walked away from me. And I said, Alberta. Was there children around? Was my children around? Was, w- was there something? And she goes, I don't know, but it was rude. <laughs> I sat there and I, in, the, in the lobby of this church, and I was like begging for forgiveness for something I didn't even know I did. And, and, she, said, and she said something to me. She goes, oh, it's fine. I forgave you a long time ago. She just gave me a hard time. And, now, understand this. I use that silly illustration to tell you this. There's many people that come to church and allow stupidness of simplicity things like that to distract them from the joy of of life, the joy that God gives. it's, it's, It's almost humorous to think about if you really think about the things that we allow to distract us from the joy of God. It's almost embarrassing. And here, as we've walked through the scripture, we've, con- we've gone through passages of scripture that easily could be passages themselves, and lessons and messages all on their own. But my question to you this morning is very simple. Have you found the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit? Have you found the joy that comes from abiding in God's presence? Have you found the joy that is found in the hope of his word? It's not, it's it's the reality of the situation, but if you are here this morning, the reality is there's maybe some of you that don't even know what I am talking about. The joy of salvation, you don't understand what that means. You don't understand that, that God sent his son to die on the cross for you to start a relationship He loved you before you could ever even be loved. He paid for your sin. And the ultimate example of love. And he is wanting that relationship with you. And and your sin is what is keeping that divide. If you are here this morning, I beg of you. And you are unsaved. Please don't leave here today without knowing for sure that you can come to know the joy of salvation. 
the joy that is everlasting, the joy that is, is beyond anything that is related to flesh and feelings and, and situations, the joy that can sustain you through life, the joy that you are currently missing, the joy that others desire is found right in these scriptures. And we would love to take a few moments to tell you about that. But what about you, Christian? Have you found the joy? Has it been temporary? Because it shouldn't be. The joy that we have in God is all the way until we see God, and then our joy becomes reality in a face-to-face -face meeting with God and praising him face-to-face. -face. Have you found joy? Let's pray.